Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani. And I'm Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm Pete Carroll, and together we are Three Pack. Join us on the brand new Spotify Live app immediately after all of the biggest fights in combat sports. And also during the weigh-ins, because that's when the real drama happens. So what are you waiting for? Follow the Ring MMA show right now on our exclusive Spotify podcast feed. And come join the best community in MMA. Peace! We're out of here. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Whether it's taking all your little ones to their sporting events or everybody getting together and taking a ride to the beach, the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure. With features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. What's poppin'? Logan Murdoch here. Raja Bell there. Raja, how you doing, bud? You're back. How you doing, bud? Are you doing okay, man? Yeah, bro, I'm holding it down. I'm good, man. You know, it's just... Tis the season. Tis the season. Tis the flu season, guys. Everybody, make sure you guys are just you and your loved ones Tis. are all are all getting safe out there. It's, it's, it's locked in. Raja hit us with a text on Tis Monday. The on the Monday, Raja, I want to give you guys context. All my real ones, all our real ones. I want to give you guys context. Raja doesn't text in the group chat unless it's like pertinent information, right? Or unless he has a question or he is sending a tweet for his son so we can retweet it and support <laughs> little Dita, support our support our little partner. Right. But on Monday, he sends a text before the show like, I'm not going to be able to make it. And he's on the East Coast. So we all wake up on the West Coast like, oh, well, Raj is not going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you all right? Are you good? What's no, we're good, what, man. What, we're back. Okay. We're back. We had a, we had a, no, it wasn't, I, I had the flu. I mean, that, listen, I guess I fall into the category of people that get laughed at when they say, you know, I think I had COVID before COVID was the thing because I had the flu about three and a half years ago. I mean, the January that COVID came out, right? Like the January that that the shutdown happened, that kicked my ass for like a week and a half. I mean, chills, bone aches, you name it. I had never felt the flu like that. So in retrospect, I always say like, I think I had COVID, but this flu wasn't like that. So we're we're straight. We're straight. Okay. Well, I'm basically going to talk to you about everything I wanted to talk to you about on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's some pertinent stuff going on. So. Um, First off, let's talk about talk about Jason Tatum, who yeah. we've talked about at length on this podcast. Um, I saw him over the weekend. Was a, I, I was planning on talking to you about like you know, man, 
I saw him against the Warriors. I'm really disappointed at how he went out, you know, on Saturday and when the Celtics lost to the Warriors. And he did not have a good game by any stretch. And then, you know, it, it carried on against his, uh, against the uh, the Clippers where the, the Celtics just got, got beaten pretty bad. And then on Tuesday, um, they play against the Lakers. And, you know, Lakers-Celtics is always a thing. Right. As we, as you guys know, on this program, it is, it's one of those rivalries, you know, the cliche is it doesn't matter about the record, throw that out of the window. This is Lakers Celtics. And it had every bit of emotion that a Lakers Celtics game has. And Lakers are going back and forth. It, you know, the, the, the Celtics take a big league. Lakers come back. Looks like they're going to win the game. And then Jason Tatum just turned into the best player on the floor, Raja. And um, is he your MVP right now? Is basically, I'm saying all this to ask this question to you, and then we'll go from there. Um, is he my MVP? Yes. But Giannis is a very close second. And I would even, because you're making me make a choice, I would go Jason Tatum right now. But Giannis, because of what he's had to do without his sidekick so far this year, mm-hmm. I think he's making a really strong case. But Jason Tatum, is amazing. And, you know, there's, there's, we talk about this all the time when, when, when teams are very, very close, built foundationally, very strong, are able to get to Eastern or Western Conference finals or, or maybe put up a strong showing in the semifinals. But we're, we're talking about missing that piece that gets them over the hump. Maybe they got to the finals a la the, 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 the heat a few years back and just couldn't get over the hump in the finals. What we Mm -hmm. often talk about is that piece, that guy. Yeah. That guy that will just transcend X's and O's. He will, he will thwart any game plan that you have put in place to stop him because he is just a bucket and he can get them however he wants them, however he needs them. And that's what Jason Tatum is. He's just a bucket. You can't guard that. And there are guys like that. I've talked about this a lot ever since you know I I came into the league and, and became known as more of a defender. No one ever stops anyone. So like that whole Kobe stopper, or for whoever was the first person to say Kobe stopper, like that's just a stupid thing. Or an MJ stopper, that's a stupid. It's stupid. You don't stop them because they get whatever shot they want. You just hope that you know it you misses. make them work hard enough and and that you've done enough of a body of work over the course of a game to affect that field goal percentage in a way that allows your team to win the game. Jason Tatum is like that. He, yeah. You ain't stopping him, bro. You're not stopping him from getting to that, to that shot that he wants to shoot. It's, it's interesting, right? Because you go through the stage of, of uh, when, when you see a young player like Jason Tatum and you see a guy that has all the potential in the world, right? You see spurts against you know LeBron his rookie year when he dunks over LeBron. By the way, he tried to dunk over LeBron again, and it almost happened again, which was incredible. Like Jason Tatum got that dog in him, right. but you see the the natural evolution, and um, I think you know he obviously took a step getting his team to the finals, right? But I think he's taken it to another level. I think he's found another gear, which is something that like I was, admittedly, I when you know when you see him out over the over the summer and stuff, I admittedly had questions. I just wanted him to be in the gym the whole night, whole summer. Not to say that he was not, because clearly he was he was he was transforming himself into this MVP caliber player. But like just the optics, and that's just, and we talked about this in past episodes. That's just a that's just a sign of the times, right? And then he comes out on just blitzing, and and in, I think this is just a bigger thing for the Celtics in general that. They are on a full revenge tour at this point, and it's very clear, right? I don't know where this is going to go. And the big question when I saw them on Saturday was, 
are they a team that is going? Because I remember when uh, Draymond was asked prior to the uh, to the Celtics game, just the mindset that goes into after you lose a title, and you either go one or two ways: you crash or burn, or you just say a full fuck you mode, and we're gonna just go at it again, and we're gonna show you that those are the those are the great teams that do that. We're gonna show you that. We have learned. We have gotten to a different place. I think the Celtics are are almost there. You know, I think that they they had a couple like they had the curious loss against the Warriors. I thought that they should have had more of a statement win. But overall, they are in that mode of like, yo, we're on a revenge tour and we're about to kick your ass. You know, that is to be expected. I think from a team that, from an age standpoint, is where that team is. You know, relatively, relatively young guys that are still hungry both for you know, financial stability in some cases and for hierarchy within the NBA for championships, like there are varied reasons that people would be hungry on that team. And, and um, they seem to be a very well-connected, like emotionally type of a team. So I would expect that out of them. And it's, and it's, pretty, it's been pretty fun to watch them come out of the gates. I always, just in the back of my mind, hope, and I'm not saying that this is going to be the case, but I hope that when teams come out firing like that, and they're on this quest from the beginning of the season that they can sustain it because I've, mm-hmm. you know, you've seen teams sometimes in that situation come out the next year and say, all right, here's how we got to approach it. We're going to let the league know we're winning it this year and we're going to be locked in from the beginning. And then, so they have this phenomenal regular season and it's almost like once you've, once you've won the regular season, there's just an exhale as you go into those playoffs because not the jobs done because you know you haven't won the championship but it's organic right like this that's a long season to be playing at your peak so i just yeah. for the for the sake of the celtics because i really do pull for them i hope that they're not this doesn't become too hard to sustain you know as we start to get into the dog days of the season yeah i think about i, I said this when we had a uh, we had howard beck on on monday just this team reminds me a lot of the 0809 lakers where they are a team that you know lost the finals ironically to Boston and then they go on this full 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 like revenge tour i think they win like 65 games but to your point Roger, when you look at their 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 performance in the playoffs it was really fucking hard that year i think they played the jazz to open that that playoff uh, run and they, they, i think they beat them in 5 but then they go and play at uh Houston uh win in 7 and then have to go play uh Denver and win in 6 it's fucking hard to sustain that and people don't realize like yeah you can go out and win 65 games but just how much energy you're exerting doing that i think uh we learned about that with the suns uh, a couple years ago when they won their 60 plus games and then they were just tired going in the last season's playoffs you really want to sustain that i do like this celtics team not just because of the young guys but i i wasn't i was in their locker room just after the after the um the warriors game and this seems like, you know, when we talk about like the Memphis Grizzlies, we talk about, you know, some teams, you know, that 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 are at the precipice of, of greatness and are at the top, but they don't have as balanced of a locker room as you want from a contender. Mm-hmm. I think the 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 Celtics locker room, along with I think Milwaukee's another locker room like this, just one of the more balanced locker rooms in the league. You get what I'm saying? Just a balance of guys that have been there before that are battle tested. And then you have the mid guy, the mid tier guys who are, you know, 
that can get you buckets, that can do it, similar to how like the Warriors were last year with just the mid-tire guys. And then you have your your young guys that are just ballers, and they're not even 30 yet. I really like the makeup of this roster, Roger. I would agree with you, Logan. I think, you know, we talk about it a lot on here, but it's very important to have the different the different levels of experience, um, to have the different points in in your career in terms of what your goals are at, at that point. It's 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 very important to have that diversity in your locker room and they they balance each other out in a way where, you know, old guys sometimes it's hard to get up for the fourth in, in six nights or whatever that looks like now in the NBA. Young guys are usually ready to go, you know? Yeah. Um sometimes young guys can be a little too fired up in a locker room game five. You know, we need this one to stay alive and a older vet's there to tell you, hey, young fella, just slow down, like breathe. Yeah. Let's keep our eyes on the prize here. Let's just go out and treat it business as usual. It'll it'll all sort itself out in the end. Let's not go out all half cocked. You know, so it's 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 important to have those checks and balances in place and having a having a roster with good continuity and different, you know, different uh levels of expertise and age. All of those things are great to have. And I I agree with you. I think the Celtics will be fine. I always I always hope for a team like the Celtics. You know, one thing they they got going for them is Robert Williams has been out you know, so, so, you know, when you're bringing pieces back like that, it can infuse a new level of life into your team. It almost gives you, it's not a fresh start because everyone else has played those games, but you're getting a different look of a team now, right? So like, it's not like we played with that same look for, you know, 60 games. Like we were one team and now it almost gives you kind of like a reset. All right, now let's, now let's put Rob back in the mix. And we we figure out how to play again. Maybe we're not the same exact team. Maybe we're a better version of ourselves. So, you know, those things can be healthy for a team. Even hitting kind of a lull, even yeah. though, you know, no fan wants to see that, but hitting a lull, a little rough patch, a skid somewhere, you know, I don't know, put a game number on it in the 40s, late, late, late 30s, 50s, somewhere in there. You know, those things are healthy too because they get you back to, hey, well, you know, are there some things that we really got to dial in on? Are there some things that we need to fine tune? Like, let's go back to the drawing board and tighten the nuts and bolts in these areas. If we want a championship, it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, integral for us to get all these things locked in before we go to the playoffs. So, you know, it'll be interesting to watch the Celtics and how that plays out for them this year. It was interesting that you said that, like, just like to have laws in, in a season and how that can help. I was talking, I was in uh, Baltimore a couple weeks ago and I was talking to Marcus Peters, um, the, the corner for the Ravens. And, he was talking about how, like a lot of their, uh, you know, the Ravens. I don't know their their, their uh, record at this point, but it's they're leading the division, but they they still had some curious losses over the over the season, right? Mm-hmm. And he was talking about just um, like how much that's going to help them because they have been that have been battle tested and they have been doing those things that they learn more when it. When, when there are those early season losses as opposed to like, and this is my words, not his, where as opposed to say like the Philadelphia Eagles who have been great and have all the admiration Jalen Hurts as being an MVP candidate and they're probably going to be expected to make a Super Bowl run. It's a lot of expectations on you, whereas you go with the Ravens, a team that, you know, is going through a lot, but if they can turn around, they have the talent to get there as well. You gotta, it, it is interesting to, you know, think about that. That leads into my next question for you, where what's a perfect win total for a team like the Celtics, right? Is it 65, 67, or is it about 56, 58 if if you wanted a perfect win total for them in terms of just how the season is going? That's a a tough question. Um, A different number for each team, but I think around around 60, give or take three or four games is fine. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I'd, 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 I'd more, more give than the take probably like, you know, if you were 60 to 63, 64, if you're 58, 57, it's somewhere in that range. I think it's good. You've had, you've had some tough losses in there. I'm sure there's probably been a few game losing streaks scattered in there. Like, you know, you've had some nice win streaks. Um, I, I think in that, you know, you're running away with 70 games. I, I hate, not, I hate that. I hate that. Yeah. Not enough, not enough adversity. I mean, clearly you're an, you're an awesome team, but you know, you want, you want to be battle tested. I know it's a corny old cliche thing, but you really do. You want to know how that team's going to react in the face of being down three with 35 seconds to go in the ball. And, and this, this is what we're doing. Here's how this is going to work. Here's where we're going yeah. at this bucket. We're coming down and get a good stop. Boom. Coming down. And this is how you want those, you know, six, seven, eight times over the course of a season sprinkled in with other type of end game situations and experiences that will just, that will just put, you'll put in the, in your memory bank. Um, so that when, when it pops up in the playoffs, which it eventually will for most teams, like you, you, you know that you can handle yourself in that situation. Yeah. I, I, back to the Celtics. Um, I want to talk about Jalen Brown really quickly and just let's talk through his role on this team. Right. Because in a lot of ways, it's, I always make the comparison, and it seems like this. It's like the Celtics are a tribe called Quest, man, right? Like where, or, 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 or outcast, if you want to say, like a duo, right? Where, like, I see, and let's just make, let's just, let's just go with tribe for this one. Like, when I see the Celtics, obviously, Jason Tatum is the Q tip of the bunch, right? Of, mm-hmm. of the duo, right? But then, like, you remember you listen to Tribe and you hear Fife Dog and you're like, damn, bro, like, he's the coldest one in his group. Like, I don't care what you say. Like, I hear a verse. He's the coldest one. I feel like there's a lot of five dog vibes out of um at a at a uh, Jalen Brown, whereas like he's gonna show you on on wax that he's the coldest. But like you might not think you might not think about it on paper, but like every time you watch him play, you're like, oh shit, there's Jalen Brown. Like, what is his role in all of this, and how can he continue to be successful on this team? You know, Jalen Brown's played his role to a T. I mean, he is he is one B you know, to, to, to Jason Tatum's one a, and the reason, the reason I say that is, is, I mean, J- Jalen Brown can get, you know, is, is a phenomenal score, um, hyper athletic has continued to grow his game is able to do things with the ball, you know, out there and pick and roll and on the perimeter to create shots in a way that continues to get better year in and year out kind of a la Jason Tatum. So he's, he's evolving. I think Jason Tatum just has a deeper bag of offensive arsenal that if you were to say, all right, bro, there's no action here. Here's the ball. And here's a really high quality defender. Mm-hmm. And you got five seconds to create a shot. Go. I think Jason Tatum has more in his bag and has a better ability to create in those situations than, J- than Jalen Brown. So that's not to throw any shade because I believe Jason Tatum to be one of the top probably seven players in the NBA to be able to do that. I mean, honestly, over the last week, he's been the best player in the league. And it's not yeah. even been hyperbole. It, he's well, been the best well, player in the league. There's a lot that goes into that, right? But I mean, I'm talking about just in this space of create a buck, create yourself a shot in five seconds, one on one, go. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that he is is definitely in the top five to seven players, and and Jalen Brown, I think, needs a little bit more to be able to to be able to score. But when you're playing with the with the Jason Tatum who commands so much attention, um, it puts you in this spot where you don't necessarily have to do that all the time. And you don't have to do it to the degree that 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 you would have to do it if you were the focal point of that offense. So it 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 it's a perfect fit for for Jalen Brown, and to some degree, Jalen Brown is a perfect fit for Jason Tatum because 
it's not a one man show. Yeah. It's not. And so while I'm going to kind of tweak my defense probably in most instances to deal with Jason Tatum, I cannot in any way <laughs> take that player that's on Jalen Brown and ask him to 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 sacrifice a little bit for the sake of stopping Jason Tatum. So it gives Jason Tatum some freedom to get into these bags that I'm talking about. So I, I appreciate Jalen Brown probably from my standpoint and have maybe a softer spot for him than Jason Tatum just because I see more of the way I played in mm-hmm. Jalen Brown. Now hear me, I'm not saying that I was anywhere near Jalen Brown, but what I'm saying is when he came into the league, he didn't have all of that. And he continues to add pieces to his bag. It's almost like Jimmy Butler-esque, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Jason Tatum, you could see it immediately, right? Jalen Brown was one of those dudes where you were trying to figure out, is he going to be a 3 and D guy? Is he going to be just this running, jumping athlete? Like, what is he going to look like? And he just continues to put pieces together and go back to the drawing board to, to the point where he's now a really complete offensive player, um, not to mention just a, a problem defensively. I love Jalen Brown's game. And I think that the thing with, with Jalen is it's always just it's meat and potatoes, bro. Like it's just it's just you know, meat and potatoes game. Like I'm, I'm about to I'm I'm gonna play strong defense on you, and then when you look up, I'm gonna have 34 points. Like it's it's one of those things where I, you I think the Lakers game was a huge example of that. I forget what what uh what Brown had. Jason Tatum got all the limelight as he should because he played his ass off and made all the big shots. But if you look back at that game, you're like, damn. Jalen Brown is. Oh. I, I had that. I had that experience time and time again watching the Celtics in the finals last year. Just like, yeah, this is this is probably this is probably Tatum's team. But damn, Jalen Brown is getting it. He's getting buckets. He's keeping this team in the game right now. And does it does it quite often? I mean, quite often. If, uh, quite night often, in and night out. Night. Yes, he is. Uh, and and I, I want to be clear because you know sometimes when you're on these pods, people will take this snippet of what you say. And, and try to turn it into something. <laughs> I believe J, uh, Jalen Brown could be a number one on a team. He has that. He definitely has that dog and that mindset. He, he could be a number that. one on a team. I, I just think that right now, Jason Tatum, because he's just a couple steps ahead of him in terms of overall development of this offensive arsenal, right? That he's probably the, the better option to be the number one on a team that's going to win a championship because you can literally just give him the ball and say, hey, man, man get, go get these buckets, get them. And J- Jalen Brown is quickly approaching that, though, right? If he continues to develop. So, you know, I'm a big fan of, of, of Jalen Brown's. I think the Celtics can go a long way. Like, I, I was really impressed with what I saw, like, just from just seeing him over the weekend, suspending some time with him. Like, I, I think that they're going to be really good. Another team we've been impressed by over the course of the season has been the New Orleans Pelicans, right? Yep. And they're a team that um, have been atop the Western Conference. Now, I I do want to push back and I do want to have this this conversation with you. I think they're a really really great team. I think they're they're going to be a they're they're coming of age. This is their coming of age season. I, they are doing some things that would suggest that they're a young team. And one of those big things is the um and I feel like the old curmudgeon and I and I I don't want to I don't want to feel like this. But like just even like the the um I feel like you're welcoming me into the club of like old wash dudes because I'm about to talk about <laughs> Zion Williamson <laughs> oh, and the dunk and stuff. And I thought the dunk was great. I actually like a large part of me about 85, 90% was like, hell yeah, hell yeah, Zion. But it does suggest a, a young team that would do something like that. What were your reactions to the, the dunk at the end of that game against your beloved Phoenix Suns? And what does that say about the team overall? And what has been your impressions of the Pelicans thus far? The dunk itself, 
phenomenal dunk itself. Yeah, yeah, it's a phenomenal dunk. But I, I understood where a young Zion who didn't get to play last year and sees Phoenix as this rival in the Western Conference and this 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 hump that we got to get over. I could see where in his brain, split second, he's like, "Yo, let me put an exclamation point on this. Let me get it." Boom. Like, I mean, in a vacuum, I don't really have a problem with it. I don't care. Like, and you're the, at like, home too. Like, the fucking the game. Crowd. The game is over. Um, you know, I got a dunk. Like, shit, I might have in my Nike contract where I got to score X amount of points. Like, I ain't trying to be two two points short of that. Let me go get this yam real quick. Right? Mm. I get it. I get it. Having said that, it is pretty immature. I'm not all up in arms about it. Like, I'm not gonna sit care. here and. But it's an immature thing to do because there is there is an unwritten code in the NBA. There's a level of respect that you have for your fellow competitors, the team that you're playing against, and ultimately your 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 brothers in this fraternity, mm-hmm. where you're not trying to rub it in, right? Like no one's trying to embarrass anybody. So, you know, I I understood. I don't know what Chris Paul said. I don't know what happened with Alvarado, and you know that team is a young team, and the Suns are are a little bit further along their arc, especially a Chris Paul who's a grizzled vet, like. And it would probably went along the lines of something like, hey, man, you don't do that shit, man. That's, that's, that's Bush League. You know, and then someone in New Orleans caught some feelings about it. But it was Bush League. It was a little immature. But ultimately, man, like, if I'm the Suns, man, I just walk off the court, bro. I don't give a shit. Like, we lost. I'm worried about that for. Yeah. Now, what do you, like, with the Pelicans overall, though, right, where they're this young team, what are you telling this team when, when they're, you know, on the ascent right now? Because I do believe that this is the... They're ahead of schedule. They're a year ahead of schedule, right? And that's great. That's always great. We talk about this continually over this pod. They're one of those teams. Um, Brandon Ingram needs to come back and be fully formed, and we'll see what we'll see what happens with the Pels. But where do you think that they are right now as, as an organization? Are they are they is this sustainable? I guess is the big question because we're only in December. You know, this they could be a six seed by the time you know the, the regular season ends. Like, where are they right now? Um, uh, they're exactly where David Griffin and Aaron Nelson and, and, and their staff told me they were going to be, man. When I went to one of their preseason games, they, they told me, and I, it took me a minute to watch the game and realize that, yeah, man, there's a lot of stuff out there that's, that has good length, good range, good skill level. Um, they play hard as shit. They play unselfish. They're not afraid. And so I, I would say that, I would agree with you in that they're probably a year ahead of schedule in terms of being the number one team in the West and and being a, a, a bona fide um, NBA championship threat, except here they are. And, you know, possibly their best offensive player, um, you know, isn't participating right now, giving a lot of other people real good, solid minutes and, and experience that are going to prove dividends down the line. And so I would just say that if I were in that Western Conference, that would be a team I do not want to play. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. They have shot creators. Um, they have one of the most unique offensive talents in the league in Zion. And when you're trying to game plan for Zion, a bucket like Brandon Ingram, a bucket like like CJ McCollum, um, yeah. all these shooters... That 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 with this length, I, I mean, that'd be a very hard defensive game plan to put in place. And they got a, a very good staff, really, really good coaching staff. Oh no, 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 no! Willie Green and, and and company are locked in, and and so 
they're dangerous. So, so I do think it's sustainable. I look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're my favorite to win the, the NBA championship. Like, I, I don't know that I, I believe that in my heart of hearts. Right. And for that matter, I don't know that, I don't know. They're my favorite to necessarily win the West, but I think they're going to be right there. And I wouldn't be surprised if they did. And I think you're going to have to see the Pels for a minute. Like that's not, I, I don't think this is, you're going to have to see the Pelicans. <laughs> whoever, whoever faces the Pelicans, no matter what seed it is, it's going to be six, seven games. Like, you know, like even if they lose, it's going to be six, seven games. Cause bro, I watched them play. They haven't come through the Bay yet, but like I've watched them play and like if you're guarding Zion Williamson, bro, you're gonna be you're gonna feel that shit. That shit's gonna hurt. You know? Yeah. Like you're gonna you're gonna have to bring your lunch pail when you play the Pelicans, bro. Because they are just one of those teams that have so many weapons. And then you bring in Zion who can just wear on you, dog. Like he and the thing is with Zion, you know, I'm hoping that he stays healthy. Like, he is a guy that is just gonna wear you down over the course of a game. Like he's just gonna give you that shoulder. He's going to put right in your chest, go for the dunk, and he yeah. and he could still shoot the three. He can do all these things. Wear the defense down. Then you got Brandon Ingram also coming through, right? And then you got C.J. McCollum. And remember, Ra, this is the team that took the Phoenix Suns, the best team in the league last year, to six games. And they didn't have, without Zion. And they played hard as fuck. They were yeah. so good. So amongst all of the good things that they have cooking, right? Like we could talk about their defensive numbers and how well they defend the three-point line and how versatile and rangy they are with all this switchability. And, you know, we can get into all of that. They have three dudes, three, because Zion's in that mix, where you could give them the ball mm-hmm. and they can get you a bucket. They do it in yep. different ways. It looks different, right? Zion's doesn't look like CJ's and CJ's isn't exactly like Brandon's, but B.I. and, and CJ and... And Zion, you can give them the ball and expect a bucket. You know what I'm saying? Like, not like, hey, man, 50-50, oh, shit. People say like, well, duh. People be like, well, duh. Of course, they're NBA players. But you don't understand, like, how hard it is to find bucket getters in this NBA, right? Because every the NBA talent is probably as good as it's ever been, right? And, like, you also have guys that are specialty guys. You have guys that are doing all these things. But there's not, there's, like, probably, like, 10 or 15 guys in the whole league that you give them the ball and you can expect a bucket. Maybe less than that. I don't know. Like, but they're, they're, it's really hard to find that. They're hard to find them on. There are a lot of guys in the NBA that in a summer league or in pickup basketball, you could give them the ball and expect to get a bucket. I'm not sitting here telling you there aren't. Like, if I came to your local gym right now, like, you could give me the ball and I'm going to get you a bucket. I don't fucking Talk play in shit. the NBA anymore. Right. But what I'm talking about is at the highest level. In the playoffs, mm-hmm. when you when the popcorn like is in the air and the lights are brighter, and we need this bucket, like we gotta have yeah. this bucket. Who can get the bucket? And those three have proven that they can get a bucket. Right now, yeah. Zion maybe not to the degree in those moments that that uh, CJ and Bi have, but CJ and Bi have showed you on playoff stage over and over and over. Hey, listen, bro, this is what I, I could do. This, yeah, I'm gonna get you this bucket, and that is a trump card. It's why the it's why the Warriors went out and got KD. They didn't fucking they didn't they were straight. You know what they didn't yeah. have? A bucket getter outside of the scope of the offense. The offense isn't going to produce it. We're not going to have all this movement. Steph is as good as there is on the planet, right? But but Ste- I, I'm, I, you can make a case, and I'm gonna make the case right now. Like Steph back then wasn't as good as he is now, and that's just a fact. I know that he was an MVP at that point, but there was a reason why they got KD, and the reason why they got KD is. 
Yo, man, when the offense is stagnant, which it was, and you saw that against Cleveland, where when it gets stagnant and fucked up and all and everyone's just being muddy, give the fucking ball to Kevin Durant and he's gonna give us a bucket. I'm gonna get right to this elbow. Yep. I'm gonna put my right forearm in in the defender's chest. I'm gonna throw this left arm out high in the sky over to my left, put that mm-hmm. shit on my hand, and everybody yep. just hold tight. Yep. And I'm gonna get this bucket. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. And not there are not a whole lot of dudes in the NBA that can do that at the highest level, giving their teams a chance to win a championship. It's interesting, though, like with the Pelicans, though, because I th- it has nothing to do with like how good they are is the reason why I don't think this is their year. I think they just got to go through growing pains right now. Like, what are they going to do when people just like whatever defense you want to say, whatever team you they they play? Oh, we're just going to. We're just gonna take Zion off the floor. We're gonna fucking like we're gonna we're gonna make sure he doesn't beat us. Right. For for a seven. I know I but you get what I'm saying though, right? Like when a team just loads up on a person for seven games, right? I don't yeah. know what Western Conference team can do that right now, though. That's the problem, right? Like I, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe the Nuggets can. Maybe there's another team out there that can possibly do that. But that's my fear right now. My argument against that would be, and I'm trying to think right now about a team that has three dudes. Think about it. Three dudes. So fuck, take 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 him out. Who cares? We got Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum. Take him out. Take Zion out. We're good. I ain't tripping. I mean, think like you were talking about, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but when you were talking about Brooklyn with a big three, right, you had three dudes that could get a bucket. Now, maybe not on the same scale, like B.I. Yeah. not KD yet. Um, CJ not, not, Kyrie for sure and Zion not James Harden but three dudes that can all get buckets in in a carry you to a win type of way you could take one of them away I don't know that there's another team out there I'm just trying to think so forgive maybe me Clippers. Like, maybe the Clippers 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 would be a good so who are we talking we're talking Paul George Kawhi and John Wall maybe Reggie like maybe Reggie Maybe Reggie, Reggie. Yeah. but I'm still putting New Orleans in. Like I'm taking New Orleans with that. Yeah, let's just go teams. Well, like I mean, Nuggets, Jokic, shit. Nope. Yeah. Nope. nope. I don't really like. Keep I going. Can't really like, say but it. that's what I'm saying. Like they are unique Dallas, in position. No. Like that. Warriors. No. I don't think so. Warriors don't nope. have three dudes that can just get you a bucket. Maybe nope. you have a good game from them, but like, nah. Um, Even Boston, you got that two-headed monster. They are vicious. Where are you going after that? I mean, they, that's why they got Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm and then Malcolm Brogdon. So you, I could put them in their in that breath, right? Malcolm the, Brogdon. The, the Bucks like could give them trouble, though. Obviously, they definitely could. But see, even Malcolm Brogdon isn't CJ McCollum offensively. Nah, they got him as like a really, 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 really good offensive player alongside like two elite. So I think they're kind of like in a very rare, in a very rare air of NBA team that has enough weaponry offensively, the shooting to supplement it, mm-hmm. and they'll lock you down. So. They mm. yeah. also like we talk about Brandon Ingram as like an offensive player. He's one of the best defenders when he locks in. He has yeah. the length to do it. And like there was one time I, I forgot who they were playing. I think they were when he was a Laker, they were playing the Boston Celtics. And he just like it was one like when he was a young guy and he was just flying all around. He was getting those ridiculous blocks like he's just such a long like guy. They could he's just he, everybody knows on this podcast that how I feel about Brandon. Ingram. Like Everybody mm. knows. Uh, but I, I'd, I'd love this Pelicans team. And, like, man, I'm just so excited for the future of this league because, like, especially in the Western Conference, like, the Warriors are, they probably got a few more years left tops. And then, like, you got 
the Nuggets, man. You got you got Luka down in Dallas. You got Memphis, right? As these teams start to mature and become like the bona fide big dogs in this conference, it's going to be so much fun to watch in the next couple of years, dude. Yeah, the league's in a great place for with young talent and young teams on the verge of taking that those next steps into into championship contention. So it, it's definitely going to be fun to watch. And we've talked about this um, this conversation we've had multiple times about which which of these young stars, you know, is is it going to be a bird magic type of sharing of of the mantle like they put mj in the mix for a while and then mj separated himself from them like is this going to be a by committee type of face of the league thing or one of these young bucks going to put a stranglehold on it and 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 kind of it's his league for a while it's just going to be fascinating to watch we'll see i saw i saw Giannis against the warriors who we're going to talk about next segment and Giannis don't seem like he's he's giving up that mantle, bro. Like he's like relaxed. I saw. I don't know if you watched the game on Tuesday, but did you see when he went fucking from side to side, from baseline to baseline, and dunked on Kevon Looney with a left hand on yeah, national no. television? That was just nasty. He's just he's unfair. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Say a quick break. We're gonna talk about the Warriors' woes. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man. I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Looking to get more out of this NBA season? Well, now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to touchdown scores to over-unders. For me this week, holiday season, My former team, the Jazz, have New Orleans coming to town. I'm going to take the Jazz with the money line, and I'm going to take Laurie Markinen with the over on his total points. Yeah, I know New Orleans locks up, but I like Laurie to go over with the points. And then to finish it off, I'm going to take a two times three. That's two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes of the game. Both these teams are going to be getting it up. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. FanDuel is also now live in Maryland. Marylanders, make sure you get in on the action also with great offers, boosts just for you. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in free bets when you join FanDuel with promo code RINGERNBA. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as a non-withdrawable free bet that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG. That's in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit www.mdgambling.help.org in Maryland, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. That's in New York, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right. I want to talk about Golden State really quick before we get out of here. And... At the moment, I think they're 14 and 15. Steph Curry is hurt. At this point, we're, we're, as we're recording, he's getting an MRI done on his shoulder. It, I saw the play. It doesn't look great. It's one of those weird plays where, you know, when you, you're always taught to put your hand in to go strip a ball yeah. and things like that, but that could always, that could also fuck up your arms when you do that, right? Where you just like, just try to like slap it at the ball. That's exactly what happened with, with Steph. So it, it remains to be seen what's going to happen. It's his non shooting shoulder. So we'll see what happens. Um, but it just speaks to an overall point with the Warriors, man. And I, I watched them quite a few times this over the week. And we talked about this at the start of the season. Just bad vibes, man. Nothing suggests at this point right now. And you talk to anybody within the Warriors, right? It's one, it's it's tough right now. And two, they always they're they're leaning on the fact that at the top of next year that they can go on a little bit of a run. You know, they they always say, you know, that if you take anybody in the Warriors. We're not afraid of this team. We're not afraid about anybody in the Western Conference. We just need to get our shit together. And it's increasingly figuring, looking like they're not getting their shit together, Raj. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not fully off the Warriors right now, but I don't, I just don't see it. I don't think that I'm not fully ready to declare that they're not winning a title, but it's getting really close right now. Just reading the tea leaves and just watching this team, this team doesn't look like it has that magic. I would bet that if you brought a case of beer, shut the door, got Steve Kerr and a couple of his favorite assistants in the room, off the record, vibes are high, and you ask him straight up, yo, Steve, bro, what's it look like this year? He'd tell you, this isn't, this, we're not winning a championship this year. I'd, I'd, I'd almost guarantee you that. Now, Steve Kerr's an ultimate competitor, as are Steph, Clay, Draymond, Jordan Poole, the rest of them. You can't say that. You will do everything you can to convince yourself that there's still an opportunity. And there is. I mean, you don't really have to convince yourself by it. You're only 30 games in, 29 games in roughly. But coaches usually have a feel for like, okay, no, this is, you know, we're headed in the right direction. We're just not playing great right now. Or, you know, X, Y, and Z is happening. And so that's not translating into wins, but we'll be fine once it stops happening. Um, When you start hearing Steve come out and say, we got this hangover, and things like that. Those are emotional things. And I don't, it's hard. It's really hard. I've touched on this before and I'm not blaming anything. So I'm not, I'm not going back to that. But when you're dealing with emotional lows, not like physical, Hey, look, dude, 
we're not in these gaps. Like we're not rotating from the weak side. Like we need you to, you know, get on this box out a little better. We're not running our lanes. Look at all these points we're leaving on the table because we're not out in transition. We're always playing against a set defense. We don't want to do that. Those are things that can be fixed. Those are things that are identifiable right there on the film. We can get in there. We can knock that out with some film session. We could go out. We can tweak it. And if they get better, the numbers will change. And mathematically, when they change, we win the game. Points, point differential, right? Emotional hangovers and those type of words are scary when you're dealing with the team, especially a team that's had some stuff transpire right before the season started. It, you don't. It's harder. Now you you got to get you know that's not as easy as watching the film and figuring out hey we need to play with a little bit more pace or hey look we're standing it's not it's not identifiable in that way and so that's what worries me about them and I would bet you dollars to donuts that if you ask Steve Kerr behind closed doors to if you had to bet Steve you think you guys would make a run at it he'd probably say no yeah I think um, the thing the difference about this season and last season is last season the Warriors had a North Star. You know, they had the redemption tour. You know, this was the first time out of the pandemic. They won that title without Kevin. You know, mm-hmm. they they also seized the moment and be like, we probably not going to have this moment next year. This is probably not. This is our time to win a title. And they had a desperation that they just don't have this season. And I think it speaks more of just how hard it is to repeat and how hard it is to sustain, sustains a, like energy oh, yeah. enough that much. Right. Because yep. like it's. What you're saying is totally correct. And you're, you know, you haven't, you're far away. So, like, I, I've been able to see exactly your words just in, in just being around this team. They don't have, like, that oomph as much as they did last season. And it's kind of understandable, right? But there's just so many questions. Last year, you could you could point to, like, yeah, man, they went 18-2. They're winning the right games. They're beating the Utahs. They're beating the Denvers when they need to. Hell, they're beating the Suns. They're getting a couple games off of the Suns while they're not playing well, right? They're still getting those type of games. They, they're not getting those games right now, and they're not winning on the road either. Like, you talk about, um, I think the biggest example is, like, that Milwaukee game. You just get a big win over the, the Celtics. You want to carry that momentum into a run. You want to make a statement game against Milwaukee Bucks to also show like, hey, man, we were going through some shit during the beginning of the season on the road. Now we're going to go and win. Then you lose that game. Doubt starts to seep in. And then like injuries happen, bro. Like mm-hmm. if that Steph injury happens while the Warriors are like number one in the West, it, it, it's not as polarizing as it is right now. Like we're we're trying to figure out, OK, what's how long is it going to take for Steph to come back? Right. And if Steph in the lineup means that we we have a chance, but right now, like you're looking at, all right, man, Jordan Poole, this is your team now. We'll see what happens, but like this is time for them to step up. And I don't know if it's I don't I think it might be just too much to ask right now. Well, it's a lot to ask. Anytime a team, and I don't know from experience, but I've got friends that have played on teams that have made runs into finals. Um, and deep into the playoffs year after year after year. You've heard it. You've heard it. So I'm not breaking any news here. That is not only physically exhausting, but it is emotionally taxing. And not just for the players, for the families, um, for the for the for the organization, for the people that work there. There is a toll that that takes on you that after a while starts to mount in a way that it's harder to shake every morning. You know, yeah. and when you're just fractionally off, 
you know, it changes the dynamics of what's going on in that building, what's going on in that locker room, what's going on on the court. And so to what degree the problem is that, I don't know, but it has to be accounted for. Uh, I'll just, I'll say, I'll say this, Steph getting hurt could be a very good thing for Golden State right now. Steph's been playing great. Oh, yeah, he's, he's averaging 30 a game. I mean, he's doing even last night. I mean, and not only is Steph playing great offensively, but Steph was everywhere in that game last night, man. Like, he is defending multiple people on one possession, just flying around the court. I was kind of, I think I remarked to one of my sons who was sitting there with me. I was like, man, look at this dude, man. Look how he's like, he's everywhere right now. You know, playing, playing his heart out. And so I don't know how sustainable that was, number one. So maybe he's shutting him down, like, I don't know. Hopefully it's like a week, two week type of thing. Getting getting some legs back under him could be good, but bigger picture. Maybe it provides the opportunity for a Jordan Poole to really hit his offensive stride. Or maybe it maybe it gives someone there some opportunity to step up, not unlike the Anthony Davis situation with the Lakers, Logan. Yeah. You know, like maybe we realized that without Steph, we're this different version of ourselves and this is how we're going to have to play to try to keep the ship afloat. Don't let us win a game and get a little confidence with that. Cause now people are like, Oh shit. All right. I can, I can do this. And they start playing at a higher level so that when Steph comes back, he's got more support. What? So I, I referenced Jordan Poole, and we've talked about him at length over the last, you know, like let's say year. What, what does he need to do? It's this, this seems like a perfect moment for him where, Yo, man, we gave you this big deal. We sh- you you showed that you can play without you, you showed that you can play in Steph's absence at spurts last year. But this is we gave you this new deal. We talking about you the future. Where what did, what do you need to see from him over the next you know however long this is this period is where he's the starting guard. He's in the starting lineup. This is this is his show. What do you want to see from him? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Logan. I, I'm honestly, man. Sometimes you just got to say you don't know. I don't know what that looks like from a X and O. Here's what I want you to do with the ball. Here are the type of shots that I want you to be shooting. I don't know what that that looks like. So forgive me for not having a great answer for that. But what I do know is he needs to be more consistent. I need that field goal percentage to elevate. Maybe he gets some different quality shots without stepping there. Maybe he gets some of those shots that 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 are more open, freeing him up to knock more of them down. Like there's a slight slippage in, in his field goal percentages this year. Um, he needs to be more consistent shooting the ball, scoring the ball. Let's get to the free throw line a little bit more, even though I know ideally it's not exactly how he plays, but you know, with the ball in your hand more and more opportunity for you to take the lion's share of the shots, maybe we can get there to supplement that offense a little bit. But I, I often talk about this feel like, you know, I can't, quantify exactly what it is it's a look in the eye i want to see ownership i want i, I want to see i want to see you taking the bull by the horns and saying all right steph's not here i'm not little bro anymore you know i talked to i talked to my son dia about this all the time man like and I, it's, it's forgive me but this is what i have to kind of draw comparisons to right like dia's on a team they play for a state championship on friday dia's been on a varsity team since he was in eighth grade with five star players right so jordan Poole would be dia in this in this analogy and these five-star players like that are going to Ohio state and all of these places would be the Steph Curry's and the, the Draymond's. Right. And so when you're young and you're on that team with them, you're kind of little bro, you know, like they're looking, they're looking out for you. They're the stars. They're doing what they do, but very quickly that, that dynamic changes. And now they're looking at you, albeit still younger than them. And you were little bro a couple of years ago. Well, now you're up to bat. 
Now you're up to bat. And so when those dudes look at you, your interaction with them, and when you're on the field with them, they can't see little bro in your eyes. Yeah. You know, and, and, I, and Jordan Poole did that last year. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm like, Jordan Poole wasn't playing little bro to anybody, but he's got to take it a further step. Like Dia has to take it a further step. I got this shit. Yo, yep. here's how this is going to work. Yo, Draymond, bring it in. Hey, no, nah, bring it in. Come here. I need to holler at you. Hey, get a, <laughs> get a little Pat Bev in you, bro. Hey, let me yeah. holler at you real quick. Hey, bring hey, it in, let's fellas. Huddle. Let's yeah, huddle. Bring it in. Bring it it's in. Bring it in. Huddle, yep. Bring it in. Let me tell you what I'm looking at here. Hey, this is what I'm seeing is happening. Here's what I think we need to do. You know, let's let's keep it moving. Command the ship, man. That's that's the best way I can put it. It took me a while to get to that. You gotta take that, take that ship and steer that shit and let everybody know you're capable of steering it until Steph gets back. And I think that's one thing that like next step that Jordan hasn't taken yet. And I'll be curious to see what he does going forward, but he hasn't been a guy this season that's taken ownership of of what he's done yet. Like he he was supposed to be the leader of the second unit. He didn't take ownership of it in the way that you that you and I would you know like to see to the point where they had to insert Draymond into this, the second unit to help supplement that right and beca- bring an extra ball handler in. Like now, it, like you said, it, it has to to be that. And that goes to an interesting question for this summer for the Warriors, right? Because, like, let's be real. If they win a title, they're probably bringing this team back. That's it's probably what's going to happen. A little tweaks here and there, but you don't blow it up after you win a title, clearly, because we have this roster now. But if they, like, right now, they're playing at a pace of, like, an eight seed. And we see, that we talked to Howard Beck about the parity in the league and how this could all switch. We'll see what happens. But say they go into a six seed, they don't do a great showing in the, in the, in the, um, in the playoffs, they lose, say, in the first or second round. Are you blowing this up and trying to retool around Steph? Or, or what are you doing? How are we? Uh, uh, how do you go forward as a front office right now? Is this require a major shakeup if this doesn't go all to plan? Require is a word that I wouldn't use. I don't know that I would require. Like I, you, two years off of a championship, I don't know that your feet are the, to the fire to do anything necessarily. We we could use if we wanted to, if it was in our nature to do so, the excuse that, hey, we just had this hangover, you know. But I do think that those dudes are smart enough there in Golden State to kind of see that the window is closing on on this roster. The window is closing just a little bit on some of the pieces in this roster. They're still very good. And I would still, you know, not ever like not count them out. But if you were to not show well the rest of the year, stumble into the playoffs or or miss it, I think there are some pieces that I would that I would look at moving. Who would you move? What's the first person you move? Come on, Logan. Um, Listen, I don't man, know. We, are we going to pod or are we going to pod, Roger? We going to pod or go pod? I mean, I would definitely explore Clay and Draymond, what that looks like. I would definitely, I would definitely get into that. I, I don't know what I would get for either one of them, and I guess depending on what the offers were and what I could get would 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 dictate what I did there. But I would not be afraid to explore those two things at all. The only way you can do that is if, and they have shown strides of this, but you got to make sure that your young guys are fucking killing it. Like Kaminga still has to continue to grow. Kaminga's been doing his thing over the last week. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. He had a Raja Bell approved play in Utah. They, I know, it was overshadowed by the fact that like. Um, that Utah won that game, but like down the stretch of a, oh, a minute, I saw that. <laughs> did you see it where he blocked, bro? Where where Kaminga just like played yeah, really yeah, solid yeah. defense, just block. That was that was like he's making more plays like that now. Uh, but like he has to continue to like elevate into like nah, bro. Like make it painfully obvious that he's the one. You know, if those if those if those young players aren't giving you any indication that they're going to be able to carry their weight, 
on a team, then that changes the dynamic, right? But like, if they are progressing in the way that you would hope that they progress and they're developing, um, and 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 you just have fallen short of all expectations, and we're talking about rolling it back. Forgive me for not knowing Steph's age or the year that he's in. Like, um, I, but you know, I I I do think at some point that has to happen before you're sitting there with all of that in your lap and it can't win anymore. We'll see what happens, man. I think the biggest thing is we got to get more clarity on this uh, this Steph Curry injury. Hey, that's all we got for this week's Thursday episode of, of Real Ones for you guys. Wait, what am I doing? I'm tripping. We got one more Whoa. segment. It's Thursday Real Ones. What the fuck am I talking about? Mm. We got a little segment called Real One of the Week where we point out a person, organization, or just, you know, just an overall entity that that won the week. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh with with, with Grant Wall. Rest in peace, man. One of the, the greatest soccer uh writers of our generation, one of the greatest ever, um, passed away at the World Cup um unexpectedly, had a heart condition. So I'm gonna go on him my real one of the week, man. Um such a tough news to get. And uh that's what I'm gonna go with, man. Uh, RIP to you. Um well, who's your real one of the week, Rock? Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Good real one of the week. I think um, I'll keep it. I'll keep it consistent with you on the theme of soccer, and I want to go with Lionel Messi and Argentina mm. for 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 the game that he put out there, getting them back to the World Cup final. Um, more than likely, one of his last World Cups or his last World Cup where he's really, really a viable type of type of entity like that. I mean, you know, I make a case for Kylian Mbappe and uh, Dembele, and I love watching France, dude. France is the shit but i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with Lionel messi as my real one of the week I, i'm gonna go you know what i'm gonna give another one i'm gonna give one to neymar man that shit was tough I, I watched brazil a little bit dog and they're just so good and it was just so tough to see him go out like that bro i'm gonna go with neymar yo man who's 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 winning who's winning the final you got who you got argentina no i'm going with i'm going i'm going with france man i mean argentina is a great story i'm happy for messi but them boys from france they look like they got the turbo boost on and the other people with the other controller have theirs off. I just, I just imagine um, Boo Boo out here with the at the at the, oh, at the t- uh, World yeah, Cup final with the with the with the, with the scarf. He's just walking along the sideline, just being the legend that he is, and just walking, just like it, with the yeah. with a glass of wine Thank on you. the sideline. I just imagine that happening. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get up, I gotta get up with Boo. I gotta touch base with Boo. Yeah, for real, for real, for real. Well, that's been another edition of Thursday Real Ones. We will see you guys next week. We are going. We have two shows for you next week, Mondays and Thursdays, and we're going on a little bit of a holiday hiatus. All right. Hmm. Roger got some eggnog to drink. Eggnog flowing. <laughs> gang, gang. We've got two episodes for you next <laughs> week. Uh, also, on Monday, we are going to be announcing our release. Okay. We are going to have our first edition of release where we give out awards um, for the hmm. best and brightest of 2022. We're bringing Jelmy on for our first edition mm-hmm. of our release. We're going to give out some um, give out some prizes and stuff. And, um, get your, yeah, get your Wi-Fi fixed before we do that. <laughs> I thought it was your Wi-Fi. I was really ready to sit <laughs> on you, too. All right. We'll give a Wi-Fi fix for that. We'll see you guys on Monday. Talk soon. Holla. <laughs>